mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. weird hairs that were growing out of your back I, I had them analyzed but they were definitely not human if you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially no you're afraid to be destroyed and recreated aren't you you're changing Seth everything about you is changing oh no what's happening to me am I dying I want to know what's going on what does the disease want? Wants to turn me into something else. Oh no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. Could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. watch it again today i am joined by isaiah winters and we're going to talk about the 1986 classic david cronenberg jeff goldblum gina davis we're talking about the fly oh yes oh yes so welcome welcome back you're you're back on this this network this fledgling network of podcasts wow. the whole Robcast universe look thank you for having me man and and just to briefly touch on the 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 interview we did before, like you, you don't even know how many people reached out and were like, wow, you guys really got into it. You got into some like legit stuff with photography space and everything. And it was like, look, Rob just brings that out of you. You know, <laughs> we can have like a genuine conversation. So as soon as you offer me the chance to talk about the fly, there was no way I was, I was passing that up. No way. Yeah. I I'm always appreciative when, when people like um, what's happening here and then want to do, um, want to do this podcast because, uh, this is not that this is definitely, we, we get into our, our geekdom and our fandom and, you know, some people kind of get what the aim is. It's not a step-by-step mm-hmm. rewatch. It's a rewatch. It's something you've seen a lot and it's something you've seen more than, more than once at least. Oh, and yeah. it's trying to entertain while also informing because, uh, one of the best pieces I got was from my man, Chris Amendola from Forged. He was like, yo, I didn't know those details about Street Fighter. And Street Fighter's not a good movie, oh, but God. it's just like, it's an oral history around Every it, you know? time you go into Street Fighter, something else comes up. It's like, this person was drunk. They were on drugs. <laughs> the director was fighting with this. Pr- it, it's that movie. Wow. Oh, so, <laughs> so this movie, uh, it's the uh, 35th anniversary is coming out um, actually in, in August. So uh, I'm going to give that storyline or what have you. And as I get that yes. storyline, I'm, I'm going to let you keep it honest. Um, I'll okay. get the storyline. You tell me if it's good enough that it really, okay. it really hits on it, you know? All right. 
Storyline, Seth Brundle, Jeff Goldblum, a brilliant but eccentric scientist attempts to woo investigative journalist Veronica Quay, Fajina Davis, by offering her a scoop in his latest research in the field of matter transportation, which against all the expectations of the scientific establishment have been proved successful. Up to this point, Brundle thinks he has ironed out the last problem when he transports a living creature, but when he attempts to teleport himself, a fly enters one of the transmission booths and Brundle finds himself a changed man. This science gone mad film is the source of the quotable, be afraid, be very afraid. How accurate is that in breaking down this movie for those who've not seen it? It's so accurate. And obviously there's a lot of nuance and weird things going on there. Cronenberg is just, you know, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into him, but the be afraid, be very afraid. You know, as many times as I've watched this movie, every time I rewatch it and hear that quote, I'm like, whoa. This is like, people probably don't even know where this comes from. And it's mm-hmm. just such, such an intense film. I watched this with a few friends or I got them to rewatch it with me. And like, yeah, just the level of shock on their faces at what we were seeing, you know. Yeah. I think it's accurate, though. I think that's a very good, you know, accurate depiction of it. And it, the only thing I would say is it leaves out some of the kind of the themes of like, corporate greed and like Mm -hmm. people chasing that story and kind of just, Oh, this is going to be the big thing. So I got to jump on and it just devolves into this chaos and madness. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. And I think um, it's a product of the time, right? Like this is, you know, it's always that running bit. Yeah. The movie came out in 86, like later 86, like third quarter, 86. It was probably filmed at the end of 85, maybe a little earlier Mm -hmm. because of some of the effects involved. So you're right smack dab in the 80s and, you know, decade of excess, greed, greed, greed. greed and you see, you see a bit of that in, um, in Aliens, another sci-fi film that came out this year, mm-hmm. especially in that intro scene. It's like, we don't care about what's happening with your crew that died. We just care about our bottom line. Right. And I never thought you could try to pull tail or what have you at a conference. It's like, yeah, you want to hear this really interesting scientific project I'm working on? Right. It's like, sir, put your eyes away. Can you relax for a minute? Just, just so much. So, I, let's let's see. I, I I got a I got some. Um, so I have one observation already. Before we even okay. get into some of the details and all of that other stuff, um, actually, I'll I'll save the observations for a minute. I want to hit the uh, the details. So, directed by David Cronenberg. Um, you know, he's a master of body horror, right? Right. And um, let's see, I feel like Scanners was a few years before this, like maybe five years before this. And as previous stated, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, those are the main people in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how gorgeous Gina Davis was. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this is the 80s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that was something that obviously with it, not to objectify or anything like that. But yeah, totally. That was one of the things that I, that I definitely hit on. It was like Gina Davis was thriving in this time period. And I know there was some, I can't remember the name of the film, but the film that she did that kind of like blew everything up the big blockbuster water-based film. I'll have to oh, remember, I'll remember uh, the name of it. Cutthroat Island. But that was the one that kind of like started, you know, things start, started going astray for her. But like, she was just killing it this in this time period in this role. She's amazing, gorgeous, smart. She's mm-hmm. witty. Like it's a very well-developed female character, I, I believe. And then Jeff Goldblum. I mean, I'm a big Jeff Goldblum fan, so I'm biased there. I love yeah. him. I love him in everything. He feels like it was, he was a guy that should have been in Ghostbusters, but somehow wasn't. 
oh my gosh, I could, yes. Yeah. I've never heard that, but now that I, I'll never be able to say <laughs> now that you said it. And, and also going to your point about Gina Davis, it, it it's almost as if it's really her movie because there's little chunks right. where he's, Jeff's not even popping he's up. Like Seth is not even there. Yeah. I mean, and he's like uh, a creature. <laughs> Sorry to point spoiler Never alert. Fly, baby. <laughs> which, is, which is great. Um, so uh, they, they're the two stars and, um, you know, tries, tries to do the sexy thing in there. So there's a lot of skin, a lot of 80s skin. And, yes. um, and I'm like, yo, Jeff, you're the text. You're the color of a rotisserie chicken, my guy. Like you have a good sheen to you, he my brother. Tanned up. <laughs> hair sheened up, you know, <laughs> cut up. I'm like, I, did Jeff Goldblum really do like a workout plan before this? Like, I, <laughs> it's just funny to to think about. Like, my man was cut up; he was ready to go. It's like a physicist or something. It's like, yeah, you right. know, hitting these weights, you know. <laughs> Uh, so there, there are some taglines in this movie that I, I, I must hit on. We covered one already. I'd be afraid, be very afraid. Here are some of the other ones you may have seen on. If you see any of this classic like posters or, or documentation promoting movie, uh, one is something went wrong in the lab. Very wrong. There's a limit even to the imagination where our greatest creation meets our deepest fears. Dr. Seth Brundle is about to go beyond that limit. And he's bringing you along for the ride. Help me, please help me. And uh, half man, half insect, total terror. Oh, that's that is so eighties that I could just see that like on a wall, on a you know, pasted somewhere. Just bam, bam, just text on top of text, just killing it. Right. I love it. I mean, literally, one of these is a paragraph, and. Um, I think this is the other period, right? Uh, this would come maybe a year after it. So I have this belief, and it may be due for a remake, which could go into this whole theory of like every like 30 years or something, it feels like there's a remake of stuff because there was a movie that came out uh, in 1958, I believe, was that original Fly. Right. This is not a... This is not a reboot of it or anything. It's it has similarities, but it's not like, oh, this is an update of it. It's not um, right. And even what a year before this, you had that remake of The Blob that, uh, you mm -hmm. know, that had uh, what is it? Uh, Kevin Dillon in it. And, yeah. you know, it's like bringing those things from the 50s. It's like, let's see if we can get back to this literally in that next generational kind of way. I'm wise. We're there for sure. We're, we're definitely there. It's I'd be interested to see how they can do that, you know, It'll What's be a cicada. Right? I mean, <laughs> oh, right, the cicada. Yeah, people, but yeah, it'll start with people eating them and frying them and all these recipes and stuff that we're seeing oh, going around no. right now. Look, I am I am happy to not be dealing with cicadas right now. They were crazy. You're like, it's hard to not think about them when, you know, when I was watching this this film and it's it's just like, yeah, the stuff that we we kind of just accept is, is, is normal is, is mm -hmm. kind of interesting. I think they could do a lot with that now, but it's there's always the fear with the remakes. You don't want to mess something up. You don't want to do something, you know, the wrong way. So we'll have to sure. see. Yeah. I, I, and I think something that's integral for if there were a potential remake, which I, I don't think they need to touch it um, because they did a sequel and there was other talk about a different right. sequel and uh, there, there are things that didn't quite work there, but I, I think if you were to do a sequel remake or whatever and say, look, everything that came after everything that was thought of after is, it's not canon. And right. the, the key component, I think, because what sticks out for me, and I'll talk about this a little later mm -hmm. is you got to have 
rubber. You can't have CGI. You need to have yes. this looks like flesh and there's this is real. This is, is, is tangible in that way. And that's what's making it hard for me to consider, because, you know, I think of a lot of these films and, and like, who is the director? Who is the team behind this? And it's like, who is doing Cronenberg-esque horror in a way that I think is is current but and would still translate? I don't know. You know, I know that, and this is a little segue, but, you know, the, the Fantastic Four remake that was a few years ago with yeah. Josh Trank and all of the chaos that, that went into the making of that movie. But there's the one interesting scene where they have the birth of this new Dr. Doom, you know, and like what's going on and kind of the way that they film that scene where he's waking up and, you know, freaking out and kind of slaughtering everybody and going through as much as that movie has a lot of issues. That was one scene where I was like, this is very Cronenberg body horror that even though there's CG and all these things going on because he's using, you know, his powers, it was very visceral and intense. And like, I think you would need someone who can do something like that for a whole film. And yeah, let's not even get into the Seth Brendel character. Like how do you, yep. who, who takes on that role? And that, you know, you, you like Cronenberg's uh, son could, cause he's kind of delved right. into that with that. Uh, what is it? Possessor movie. Yeah. And, and that, that goes left, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the budget for this film, uh, based on what you, what you saw, like, you, you know, you, you've watched a movie Ooh. here. Now. What do you think the budget was? That's a good one. Let's see. 1980s. Oh, what was going on? I would say maybe like 20 to 25 mil, which would make it an expensive movie of the time. Nine mil. What? Right. Um, nine mil made about 61, uh, came out August 15th, 1986. It grossed uh, 60, 60.6 uh, million at the box office over okay. its nine million dollar budget, uh, becoming the largest commercial success of Cronenberg's career. Wallace mm-hmm. and Davis's uh, uh, Duplass's rather uh, work in the film resulted in their winning an Academy Award for Best Makeup, the only Oscar won by the film directed won by a film directed by Cronenberg. The sequel was directed by Wallace and it was released in 1989. Okay, wow, nine mil. I mean. The, the thing that makes that make sense to me is because there's only like three locations in the film. So a lot of that money would have gone towards, you know, your actors and then the, the makeup. So that makes sense. And, and big Cronenberg, Cronen, Cronen daddy. Um, he likes to film his stuff in, in Canada. And mm-hmm. there's a few things I think that's in the trivia that you could see that this is not like Detroit. This, this, this is not like New York. Obviously this has to be, it's a nondescript place. Right. There's right. nothing that sticks out. That says, that out. Yeah. I was like, is this Baltimore? You have all these warehouses and things like that. I'm like, yeah. where is this lab? What is going on? Like, I could see something like that. But you're right. There was no way to ever truly identify where it was. I think a so, lot of Canadian productions do that well, though. Absolutely. And I mean, he has those ties there, like um, going back to scanners that was done in Canada or what have you, you know, it'd be a great connection. It's like, yeah, you know, this was one of those things we were doing with Consec. It's like, yeah, yeah. Bring them all together. Let's just universe this shit. Right. Right. We need a um, universe. <laughs> so I got some observations and we okay. can get into those. Uh, I'll save the questions towards the end and then we'll have some trivia. So if you got some observations, we can start pepping them in. We can start going tit for tat with it. I definitely have some. I'll hear yours first. Mine, okay. there, there are some things that stuck out to me that I would love to get your opinion on. Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is ridiculous because I am a ridiculous individual. I Observation. The movie starts off with what I described as a hair off between Seth <laughs> and Ronnie. I was like, how much hair is in the scene? Right. 
um Stathis, who is the not ex, not daddy type, not creeper, not stalker. He's doing a lot. He He's is the dickhead done. archetype. Right. Right. He really confused me because that whole thing, it's like, okay, we're getting that like creepy 80s boss energy kind mm -hmm. of pervy stuff. But then he's the ex, like you said. And, and then by the time, you know, not to fast forward, but by the time the movie ends, I'm like, wow, my dude got a full character arc here. Like, yes, just really went through it. And like, for what? Gina Davis was she was traumatized, but physically she was okay yeah. at the end. He was not, he was not. He, he was missing like parts of limbs and he's yeah. in the sequel, by the way. Yeah. He's like the one person in the sequel. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it was definitely something that, that caught me off guard. And I think part of it is the beard. I think uh, an 80s beard. <laughs> you're a white dude with a beard. You're mm -hmm. some authorian type, <laughs> authoritative type, or you could be a dickhead. And he was definitely that. And But uh, at the same time, he started off with, I think he's kind of faking. I think he's full of hooey or what have you. And he started taking yeah. oh, oh, no, no, no. Don't go back there. He was being rational. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, that, for his that, own benefit I, somehow. I would say that was definitely the change because you even see it in that scene when, when he's watching it, his facial expression and like, oh, credit to Cronenberg. But you're just like, oh, this person is a little bit more complex and nuanced than we're letting on. And as many times as I've seen this movie, I forgot about his character. You know, I just think, okay, Jeff Gina, Jeff Gina. And yeah. like he, this film doesn't work. The plot, none of it works without him being, you know, jumping in and out, especially towards the middle and end of the film. You know, he, he's like the foil that doesn't get the foil. Right. Yeah. Right. When Seth and Ronnie, uh, when Seth asks Ronnie, you want to try an experiment? I immediately thought, I was like, are you talking sex? Cause it, it was kind of <laughs> like, they just finished having sex. It was like, you want to try an experiment? I was like, right. Everything there was, there was a lot of stuff in this, you know, in my notes, and I'm just looking at him. I kept yeah. writing down horny for no reason, turned on by death. Like there were so many quotes and <laughs> things that they were saying that I was like, what are y'all doing right now? Like, why is this so sexually charged? Why? Like, go home. You probably have work in the morning, <laughs> but yeah. it's just with that thing where it just keeps coming in. And then I want to discuss the monkeys. So, Maybe I can just jump in with that really was it, quickly. Was it Pogue's monkey or what have you? Yes. I, I wrote down, he killed Bubbles the monkey. Like, how was he <laughs> getting access to all these ba baboons, not monkeys, mm -hmm. as, as, they, as they comment on? But, like, where are they coming from? Where are you just picking these guys up? And They're not natural for the area. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And then immediately after, we have the first uh, baboon essentially explode in the experiment. They have sex like yeah. immediately after that. And I was just like, damn, like, I don't, I don't know what everybody else is like, but I don't know that I would be very uh, aroused or in the mood after I just saw this, this baboon's insides be turned into his outsides, you know? So that was something I, I kept writing it down. Like what is going on with, with <laughs> this sex experiment, sex experiment food? Like it was a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I'm doing it wrong. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's the case but yeah and you know it was i think the the baboon cat uh, post baboon situation right was edited down was trimmed down and really? i think that's in the oral history that i believe he is one it's, it's two different experiments and i believe there's one where seth because they didn't want to they wanted you to feel sympathy for him mm -hmm. that uh he kills one of the creatures that it does you know 
the 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 whole transference and gene splicing ultimately does work and right. he has to kill it with a pipe and he is really brutal and he was oh, like yeah wow. we got to cut this out because they would have had to have cut that out i think yeah that one that first one was like ooh, like i'm starting to remember why i was traumatized by this as a child like you really can't do too many more of those without me being like all right maybe you're maybe maybe seth is a bad guy here yeah maybe he is uh so <laughs> I, it's funny that my next observation has the exploding baboon in it, which is really funny. Uh, with the exception of the exploding baboon, the first 30, mm-hmm. maybe 35 minutes of the movie seem like a romantic drama. They really do. They really do. You know, and it's so it, it's it's innocent because you're like, all right, this this character is very charming. He's a scientist and he just wants to keep, you know, I, like I feel like we've seen this story so many ways. I mean, honestly just to go on a quick tangent, it reminds me a lot of the setup of like Spider-Man two and the doc, Dr. Octopus situation. Mm-hmm. And like how people really sympathize with that character. Cause it's like, you could see him as a person before this accident happens. And then like things just go off the rails. And I think there's probably a lot of discussions to be had about Cronenberg style and Sam Raimi and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really starts off and like it kind of just it's gut wrenching because for that first 20, 30 minutes, I'm like, I love this. I love these characters. I love the way it's filmed. And then you get that reminder like, oh, this is about to get very, very dark and very gruesome. And yeah. like, I just remember my heart being like, all right, see, getting set up. And then I'm about to just go on this roller coaster with, you know, with the characters. It is is really funny. I think that that point at when uh, at which uh, Seth is like, "You're fucking drag, man." I was like, "Yo, <laughs> oh, I just I'm sitting here watching with my and we're like, we both I I physically jumped back in my seat. Like, I think I even said like Jeff, like not even Seth, like Jeff Goldblum. How dare you scare me like that in my own home? You're supposed <laughs> to be so kind. I jumped out of my seat when he said that when um. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's a few things. I'll, I'll, I'll wait to get into that. But he definitely had a few snaps there that like I haven't seen him do yeah. in, in many places, you know, in his it, career. He was he was very erratic. Like it was almost like he was on a coke rant a little bit right, in, the, in that right. whole sequence. Um, the last thing I had in terms of observations and I'll hand it over to you is yeah. and this is more of a question, but it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the descent into flydom make you more of a gymnast? Oh my gosh, the gym scenes. I was like, and you know, not even, I mean this with the most respect, you know, all the things we've been seeing lately in gymnastics and like Simone Biles and all these crazy things. I was like, what is happening right now with this full on like (laughs) gymnastics showcase in the lab? And then I'm like, how were his pipes that strong? Was this there already? Is this why his body's so ripped? <laughs> like yeah, there were so right. many questions that came out. And then, like, again, the sexual energy with that, like she's mm-hmm. concerned, but at the same time, she's watching him, kind of admiring it. And I'm like, you don't see my man sweating profusely right now. Like he is he is <laughs> out of control. If if <laughs> if I woke up and my partner was doing the kind of moves that he was doing, my man was jumping around like he was part of the MCU. Like, I'm yeah. calling a doctor. I'm calling an ambulance. Something is going wrong. And consequently, you know? Jeff Goldblum is part of the MCU as well. <laughs> I think yeah, this is exactly. foreshadowing. Like, this is, yeah, this was leading up to his his, his shift into Thor. <laughs> the Thor I'm the Grandmaster. And it's like, do you exactly. have wings now? 
<laughs> right, 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 right. He kind of, he figured a way to bring it back, but he's still that same character. He pieced himself together, reabsorbed his head. <laughs> so what my observations gosh. did you have? Oh gosh. So I'm just going to look at my notes here really quick, but it really, there was a lot of, I, I think you touched on one of them with like the, the sudden erratic comments that were being made by, by him and other characters. And like, just like, okay. When he called her a chicken shit, when he goes into the bar with no shirt on sweating again and then he's like oh if i you know if i beat you i get to take the lady home and then she's like do i look like a hooker the look the the expression that his character gives her after she says that i'm i'm just like whoa this is crazy the kind of acting that jeff goldblum was doing for this character right now like there's just so many quick little things that he does that Oh man, it was impressive. It was impressive. And like those details get lost. Cause you know, when I'm a kid and I'm seeing, I'm literally running out of the room when this movie's on, I just think of the transformations and the flies, but as an adult and like rewatching it, it's more of like the build up to that, that's scary. And like, Oh, you're going down a dark path. You know, like, I think it's, mm -hmm. it's very, it's very good that way. And then the be afraid, be very afraid. Like the timing of that line, the placement of it, it's perfect because that's, you know, that's kind of where it all shifts. You know, there's no turning back. It's like, you splice your jeans, my dude. But you, you don't have the technology to get out of this. Like, it's And you're dumb. doing it regularly, too, like a fucking right. junkie. Right. He cannot stop. And he's trying to eat when he's trying to drag other people to go through it. And like, you just got to do it because, you know, it's like a mix of fear and obsession and like addiction. It, mm -hmm. it, it was a lot. It was. A It'll lot. make you feel great, man. Like you're on a like you're on a moon, man. I was just like, love it. Like I was waiting for him to say, like all the cool kids are doing it. Really, like <laughs> just yeah, the way that he that he did things, and then outside of that, when he starts transforming, like the puking oh. and like oh the vomit, the drop, way yeah. the vomit and like the way he still wants hugs and stuff. I'm just like, I'm sorry, my man Seth. I would have a, i would have already called the police the fire department like i'm not coming near you this is contagious and i think you know they bring yeah. that up like what is going on right now you know so in that you know let's let's actually since you've already touched on it let, let's get let's get into some of those questions before we go into trivia i'll, I'll move it ahead uh is this movie an allegory for the aids epidemic which would have been really going hot and heavy pro pre beginning of it actually would have been around this right. time frame yeah. And I know there was a lot of, there's been some discussion about this and, and like you bringing that up, I could definitely see some of the connections there, especially with the timing and just the ways that it kind of felt, it, it, it felt hopeless in a sense for his character. Like you knew that there was going to be no, no immediate cure or fix for this. You had to just kind of watch this descent into illness that, that wasn't going to be, fixed and and mm -hmm. you know other characters being like just stay away like it's it's done it's kind of this like it really made me think about what that type of um hopelessness would feel like just like knowing that I, no one is really working on this no one knows about like people are scared people are confused you don't know mm -hmm. what's going to happen i could definitely see something that that is discussed and even if Cronenberg or others say, well, maybe this isn't exactly like just the climate that we were in at the time, just the yeah. history of our country and in that time period, it would be hard to not have been, to have been influenced by, you know, what was going on with the AIDS epidemic. I think that would be hard to ignore, you know? Yeah. 
And I think especially when um, Ronnie goes there and kind of just sees, I think the point where he's being aided by the Walker or the Canes right. and he's just like, you know, stay away from me. I could be contagious and all of it, this right. unknowing kind of thing. And, you know, he's just like, I need help. And just kind of cops to it, that, that breaking down is kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like, really and the, and also that kind of passage of time, like we don't really get how long it's been between the first time she saw him because we can see the damage from when he punched it, the framing of the wall. Exactly, we can yep. see that, but we could just see that this place looks terrible. My man yeah. is producing like tapioca pudding from his gullet, <laughs> and it's it's gross. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those things. I I love that you mentioned that because I kept wondering like how much time is passing, and really all we had was like the trash. Mm-hmm. looking in his medicine cabinet and seeing the different body parts that he lost. And then like how, how common it was for him to, you know, do his little spit up thing and then eat his food. Like that first time he does it, he's like, Oh, like he was almost remembering <laughs> right. this is not normal to do in public, but it's like, you're going through something so crazy that he no longer even associates himself with, with like the normal social standards and cues, you know, like, it starts to, it starts to go. And I, I think even outside of AIDS epidemic, it, it, it leans more into like illness itself and the way that once our body starts giving our things start going, you know, you're these, these constructs and things that we kind of do in the day to day, you're like, I'm sick. I'm scared. Like, I don't care about that anymore. You know, I'm thinking about something completely outside of that. So I think that was very interesting. It, that stuck with me for sure. The and and I have a I have a I want to break down the grossest visuals in a, in a moment. Um, mm-hmm. And but the, the thing that he said about the uh, insect politics, I think going back to it, I think you're very right. You hit the nail on the head there when those social cues, those norms of, oh, let me let me have this meal, you know, real quick. Right. It's just like when he touches on it later to say I am a fly. that thought he was a man. That's the beginning of that for me. Right. You know, and kind of going right. back, it's like you're in your head. This is this is now primary for you, not, not secondary. Mm-hmm. You remembering that this is kind of gross and well, gross and not a thing that humans do. It, you, the fact that you're remembering, it's like, Oh, you have some degree of your humanity, but it's leaving, it's slipping away. Absolutely. No, that was definitely the point. And it's just like, Oh, that, that part hit. Cause yeah, it's like, you know, that there's no coming back from it. But when he says that, and you, you truly understand that, like that, like you just said, He is that that human part is now secondary and the Mm -hmm. fly is becoming primary in his mind. And it's also like the mental capacity he has to be even to be able to balance both. Like we don't know what it's like to be a fly, a fly, as far as we know, doesn't know what it's like to be a man. He did become something at least at that point that was completely new, completely novel. You know, It, it was it was interesting to consider for sure. Yeah, you know, sometimes on the production, I wish I was a fly on a wall for it. That was terrible. <laughs> moving on to no <laughs> I, I, all the puns intended. Uh, move, moving on to the, uh, I, I'll, I'm titling this the grossest visuals. There, there are several. I, I, I want to have one question, <laughs> and the rest of them are more like, how, what would you rank as your your most uh, um, traumatic visual? Because I think this movie is a little traumatic. Uh, Yes. Especially when I saw it, like I'm, I think me, and you're around the same age and I'm, I'm 36. Yes. So I saw this movie when I was very young, <laughs> irresponsible oh, oh, yeah. parents. And <laughs> look, that's how they are. All of these horror movies, eighties and nineties. I'm like, I was not supposed to see this. I know I wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, gross visual. I have, um, 
ear when his ear falls off. Yes. Uh, the fingernails when he's just like peeling off his fingernails. Peeling the fingernails. I still have concerns and nightmares about that. Yes. Then I had the question. This is the uh, the Museum of Brundle National History. Uh, uh, yeah, to bring up the museum. Was that was that his penis in there in, in, the, in the cabinet? Confirmed. That was absolutely his penis in the cabinet. I had never seen that before. All the times I've seen this film, I paused it and was like, did I really just see Seth's little penis i mean i would say fly penis but it's not a fly penis because it's gone it fell off he's a fly now so yes his penis was in there i love how they had it in, in the sly it's kind of tucked in yeah. bottom row to the right yes it was his penis ah, confirm. <laughs> um the I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come back to this one uh the the first iteration of that vomit drop when he's i guess eating yes it's fucking gross caught, it caught me so off guard like Come on. And, you know, you kind of like, what, what are you going to do right here? And then just the spit up. Yeah. It made me think of like, and babies, I guess are a lot cuter than, than <laughs> Dr. Brundlefly, but yeah, just the, just the way it spits up and comes out just so fast immediately is like, that is, that's just good effects right there. You know, mm -hmm. it really sold, it really sold me on it. That one grossed me out. I wouldn't rank it as my number one, but we'll get back to that. I guess when we, when we hit some more of the other ones. So I have the maggot birth visual from, uh, yeah, you got it. That's not yeah, a good you one. You got it. So that's what I wrote down. The, my, my frame of consciousness. These are, these are literally my notes as I read that scene. Yeah. Oh, this movie is dark, bro. <laughs> did I just, did I just watch a larvae fly abortion? Hold up. <laughs> look at, look at the body on this thing. Yeah, that was the one that stuck with like the nightmare sequence. That one is so messed up. And just like the, the doctors and everyone in there and the, the panic, yeah. even the way that they filmed it with the angles and stuff, that one was probably the most gross because you don't want to think about any types of flies or maggots or anything like that in your body in a wound, let alone yeah. being birthed out of you. Like I understood when she woke up and was like, I need this out. Yeah. I was like, I would have said the same exact it's, thing. It's like this, this notion of death and life all at the same time. Yeah. It's not a good combo. Those are things. It that makes to my opposite. stomach hurt still. And you know, another movie that does that around the same period, it's species. Oh, well, species That's is about a decade later though. Yeah. Oh, well, it is much. Oh, gosh, I guess you're right. Yeah. 90s. This movie, that scene mm -hmm. and then species, that whole situation. I still have I have issues and complex, <laughs> complex things that have not been worked out because I saw those films too early. And, and species had that notoriety being filmed partially at Mondamin, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, this so the, the, the baboon situation, that's gross, obviously. Yep. I, lastly, uh, I had the final change, just that ultimate, that whole like sequence from when literally his face falls off and you just see just that whole. It just happens. And it just happens. Even the teleportation, because he's now half machine, half fly, part human. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I had missed. I forgot about that Same. whole thing. And the computer tells you it's like, oh, you know fusing with the, the teleportation pod. And I was like, wait, I know my man is not about to come out here like part machine. Yeah. And he does. And just the pain, I would say like the, mo that definitely made me feel the, the worst for him as a character, mm -hmm. you know, just seeing the, 
the fragments of the door coming out of his back where like where wings would be yeah. if he was full fly. Oh, it was freaking disgusting. But, you know, I also wrote down the only medicine that could cure him at that point was that shotgun. And like it was needed. Like this whole movie, I kept thinking, my God, this is going to get so much worse. Let's just stop this right now. Let's just let's just stop it. But like. Oh, he doesn't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it almost turned into Tetsuo, the uh, machine man. Where is this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Was like, it was just uh... like, oh, this is too, it's, it's a lot. Honestly, you know, a lot. I, I love watching these old movies, these horror movies. This one is a lot. It's still a lot. I think for people to handle, if you can't handle that kind of crazy, gruesome body horror, his face falling off. That's wild. Next level. It was like, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm in New York right now. I love pizza. No disrespect to pizza. I eat it all the time. It reminded me of like what would happen if you held up a slice of cheese stop, pizza stop. and just let the cheese slide right over. You just let gravity take that cheese off. That is what it looked like when his face came off. And it was just like, whoa. It was not this, next level. That ain't it. Uh and, and it's funny, it's funny how even with it, because he he sucked, he did all of his work early on when Stathis is like leg and his hand, because like, eh, mm-hmm. that's fine. You deserved it. Yeah. You came in there with a shotgun to blick this dude off. And <laughs> they really were not. Yeah. Like if you're going in there, go in there. Do not do. Don't play. Don't come in there. You just up. lost. Yeah. You lost. You lost an arm and a foot or no, he lost his hand and his foot. And you know what? Balls to him because he put himself back together. He's and the he, shock of it. Yeah, yeah I would be like, bro, I was like, come oh, on, um, this is saw. This uh, is like fly I'm saw. Out. I'm out. And <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this one out before we get into some trivia and in our kind of like favorite scenes, what have you. Um, mm-hmm. So in so there's a cut that has a so she's it's a cut where Ronnie is with State is at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and she and she gives birth in her dream, and it's a butterfly baby. Oh, and you see a baby inside of her body with wings and it's like a butterfly. It's like a really cute baby. I was like, no, this is a half butterfly, though. OK, is that real? I swear. I th- I feel like I've s- is. Can people see this? This is I a saw it on YouTube. Somewhere. I saw it on YouTube. OK, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I saw something and I was you know what I was thinking? I was like, maybe I saw some weird thing for the fly, too, or I was confusing yeah. the films because I was waiting to see the scene where like you can get a hint that, oh, this baby is something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, thank you, because I, I, I thought I was losing my mind. I really did. And there was talks about because the, the sequel had a lot of differences in terms of what uh, Martin Brendo did, uh, played by Eric Stoltz. Uh, mm-hmm. So technically, Seth didn't kill anybody. Right. But Martin does. He kills like four people. So right there, it's like you're you're deep into the insects politics of it's brutal right. and all of that. Uh I think Gina Davis was married to Rennie Harlan, who directed oh. directed that movie, directed Pirates of the Caribbean. I believe not Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, he, she, they were yes, yes, they were married. I, yeah, that was the big thing with it. It was just like a bomb. So I think he, she nudged him like, "Would you direct this movie, a sequel to The Fly called Flies?" And I was like, "Could this be a thing?" And fly you know, and flies like alien and aliens. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. So let's let's hit some trivia real quick. Uh, okay. In 1987, on uh, Sinister Image, uh, Vincent Price revealed that he, that the, this remake was released. Uh, Jeff Goldblum wrote him uh, a letter saying, "I hope you like it as much as I liked yours." Price was touched by the letter, and he composed a reply that he wanted to see the film, which was described as a "it's wonderful right up to a certain point, and then it went a little too far." <laughs> 
he probably saw the penis in the medicine cabinet and that was that was the step <laughs> that was He's a like, step yeah, too far mm, yep there's the edge you know and what? you crossed it <laughs> uh, after watching some of his early films, director Martin Scorsese uh, asked to meet David Cronenberg. Upon meeting him, Scorsese said he looked like a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. This inspired Cronenberg to give him a cameo as the doctor. Oh, <laughs> yes. So, you know what? And I didn't know that was something I didn't know. But my buddy. So when I when I rewatched this, we did the whole Amazon watch party uh. thing. Amazon, stop charging people double to watch a part a, a thing together. That's stupid. Just just a little shot at them. Yeah. Stop playing around right now. But he was the one that was like, oh, I think the doc, yeah, there's a whole thing with the doctor and that scene. I did not know that from Scorsese though, which makes a whole lot of sense. Did you a whole lot of sense? Did you ever see The Brood? I did not. It's Please a movie do. where Cronenberg is like the villain in it or what have you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm seeing stills from this. I've not seen this, but I, yeah, I know what you're talking and about. He's like, oh, this looks scary. Yeah. This looks scary. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm looking at, I'm done. I'm done. Don't send it to me. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> the, the infamous uh, cat monkey scene where Brundlefly fuses a cat to the remains of, to the remaining baboon, because he has two baboons, and then beats it to death with a lead pipe. Uh, the cut uh, was cut following the a Toronto screening. According to the producer uh, Stuart Cornfield, that uh, the audience felt that the scene that the, that there was no turning back for Seth, and that they lost all sympathy of his plight, which caused the rest of the film to not play as well. In Cornfield's own um, words, "If you beat an animal to death, even a monkey cat, the audience is not going to be interested in your problems anymore." I, you know what, I'm for a lot of crazy choices in films. I would have to probably agree with the audience. I just think the pacing of it, mm -hmm. we really would have lost that, that humanity with him early on. And then I feel like I would have been more mad at Gina Davis, like stay away. Like, you know, like get out Girl, of there. Get out of crazy. <laughs> you know what he needed? If they were going to do something like that, he needed some type of like tranquilizer gun or, or something to, to not have it be a, a so brutal, yeah. you know, like you would have seen blood splattering everywhere. It just, it's just like That's you've violent. gone primal now, it's like American psycho status. Yeah. Yeah. Now if the way the, if you wanted to keep that in there, the way that it could have worked of, you know, he's gone through it already. And he's like, well, let me try to figure out something. Let me try this baboon situation again. And yeah. then because his mind is so off Coke rant, AKA mm -hmm. he's just like, I got to murder this. And it's like, we're already at this point in no return as it is. And this is another thing indicating that. Right. Yeah. I could definitely see that living. I mean, definitely directors cut, throw it, throw that stuff in there if it exists, but. It's, it's the, it's the order of things. I think. Yeah. It's a really, that's a tough one. That really is tough. Cause it's like, we already know he's gone, but you still are like working towards it, you know? So the first name mentioned in the credits is Chris Wallace, uh, Inc., the creator and designer of the fly. And it was kind of one of those things of, we know that you're getting oh, an Oscar for did. this. Yes. So that's yes. why I put it up there. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum was wearing five pounds of prosthetic makeup during the fly, the fly transformation. Whoa. I mean, that makes <laughs> sense that it, the, the whole pizza analogy that yeah, it probably was just ready to slide off. I'm imagine how sweaty and like, but you know what? Jeff Goldman would be the actor that'd be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he would just do that. He would do that just to say he wore five pounds of fly, uh, you know, prosthetics for that. It's, it's the thing. Wow. It's the thing that my partner talks about all the time where she talks about how she grades actors. She's like, yeah, you know, he's a good sweater. You know, it's like, hold on. Oh, like she's talking about gosh, like, don't worry yeah. Lindo's like, um, in the five was like, look, 
look, he needs to get some more respect. He's a good sweater. He's like, he's he like the only one sweating, sweating his in that ass off in that film. It's like, this is accurate to where what's going on right now. Um, the line I'm saying, I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it, but now I'm the dream is over and I'm then the insect is awake is a reference to Zyonguda's famous butterfly dream story and in a reference to Franz Kafka's short story about metamorphosis. Yes. Okay. Very Kafka esque. Yeah. Okay. I, when I listened to that, I was like, this sounds like it's from somewhere and I'm just not putting it together, but that you just answered it for me. Um, and, and, and that's another thing that I kind of, looked at from from Seth he, he he was like passively showing his wild intellect and it was mm-hmm. just like oh you're a mad scientist but now you're getting very like philosophical all of a sudden and right. yeah while he's losing was, his mind by the way it, it, it was really interesting because yeah it was like oh at the more into this sense of madness he slips it was like the more like we were saying, he was kind of being more blunt and upfront and just like these things that maybe you would be like, Oh, I wouldn't say he's just like confronting all of it just right there, which I thought was very interesting. And yeah, it was, it was sad. Like as, as much as the movie is, is funny and scary and, and horrific, it was also very sad. Cause you're just like seeing this person, Oh, just kind of come to terms with, with reality and like what he's becoming or what he was in like, I think that quote about him being a fly, you know, fly man and everything is just like, what was he actually like as a person mm-hmm. when he started this? You know, what was what were the things that pushed him into it? It made me more interested in the character for sure. Like you can almost do like almost a, a series or even a comic or something that shows like pre pre fly Brundle because absolutely if you're absolutely if you're dissenting into that space and ultimately it's just like you're there bragging to a journalist. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously you're, you're working an angle or what have you. And it's like, what else have you done? What other experiments have you done? And you he, made yourself was a part definitely, of it. There was definitely some kind of build up there, which I would be interested to see. So if they do do something, I mean, I know that's the hot thing to do right now is to do like a limited series. I would love to see mm-hmm. a more fleshed out fly story because I think it's much deeper than we don't, I don't think we know it's much deeper than this man turns into a fly, you know, just the time period and the epidemics and everything. Yeah. But like, I think it says a lot about that descent. And I think a movie like the shining or even the book is an interesting way to look at it as well, because it's, it's more about like, what is going on in this person's mind? And like, what were they thinking about? What were they capable of before they were placed into this situation? You know, it's really, it really makes you think about like, humanity and like yeah our 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 tendencies our urges kind of what we do mel brooks <laughs> uh did, didn't want people to know he was a producer on the film because he thought that people wouldn't take the movie seriously and uh, when people did find out he decided to make the most of it by handling uh um, handing out <laughs> daily uh, bloopers of the from the movie from the premiere. Oh wow! And also, um, he invented the line "Be afraid, be very afraid." That's his line. It's credited to him. Mel Brooks. Wow. Uh, let's see. Cronenberg was surprised um, that they that some critics saw the movie as a cultural metaphor for AIDS. He originally intended the movie to be more of a general analogy for disease itself. Going to your point, mm-hmm. um, terminal conditions like cancer, more specifically the aging process. Oh, wow. Uh, Michael Keaton was offered the role of Seth Brundle initially, but he declined. Um, Tim Burton was originally going to direct this film. Now, this is gross, but... Keaton and Burton, wow. 
that's just like pre-Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say they did Batman instead. So instead of having, instead of the, yeah, we would have had the fly as opposed to Batman. It would have been a different movie, much different, right? Different Uh, DC universe. uh, Let's see. um, The flies vomit was made out of things that you would have for breakfast. It was a honey uh, milk and eggs. That's exactly what it looked. And now I'm picturing the vomit again and again. Hate and to see it. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the it took nearly five hours to apply the extensive makeup in the stages for Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Linda Hamilton was uh, David Cronenberg's first choice for Veronica, based on a perform based on a performance in Terminator, but she mm-hmm. turned it down because she was disturbed by the script, specifically the maggot birth. And you know what? That's uh, shout out to Gina Davis for go- that is an intense scene. It really is like knowing, you know, you kind of figure out it's a nightmare in there. But wow. Uh, Gina Davis wasn't acting when Jeff Goldblum's right ear fell off. Her reaction to the film was genuine and she was genuinely shocked and they filmed it. Um, and Cronenberg's like, yeah, yeah, leave it in, leave it in, keep it in there. <laughs> That's just everything where That's just right place, right time. Camera rolling too. Wow. And I'm a, this was shot on film. So like, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh, Mel Gibson was considered for Seth Brundle, but turned it down to do Lethal Weapon. Okay. Probably a good choice on it. Well, yes. yeah. I think yeah. a good choice for all of us. Yeah. Uh, so eventually this movie played as a double billing with another movie that I happened to do a, a, a that I happened to do a review with another photographer. Oh, <laughs> this boy. was a double picture with aliens. What a perfect double. Oh my gosh. Just imagine being in the eighties, like drive, drive through theater, whatever, seeing a double oh, feature of the fly and aliens. Like, yeah. Oh, the film, the film is loosely based on George uh, Langeland's 1957 story of the same name, which is also the basis of the 1958 fly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I remember this. This was the first theatrical film to have its broadcast premiere on the Fox television network. Was it on Fox? Oh, wow. This is how I saw it so much. As I a was going to say I that probably makes sense because we had just the basic channels and I'm like, how was I watching the fly? I know my grandma wasn't buying the fly on VHS for me to watch. How did I see this all the time? I saw this. That's how I saw it. Yeah. I watched it on TV. Uh, when the setting is never explicitly, while the setting is never explicitly discussed by characters, the CN Tower, Kensington Market, and other various Toronto landmarks are seen throughout the film. Lango savvy viewers will note that the local bar fly and the arm wrestling scene uses the Canadian term chocolate bars instead of the American candy bars. Oh, that's a good catch. That is a really good catch. Originally, David Cronenberg turned down the film because of scheduling conflicts. He was scheduled to shoot Total Recall um, for Dino De Laurentiis. The producers uh, then hired Robert Berman. Unfortunately, Berman experienced a terrible, terrible family tragedy at the beginning of production and decided that he couldn't do such a dark film. At the same time, Cronenberg realized that he and De Laurentiis were not seeing eye to eye for Total Recall. So he backed out, leaving him free to direct this film. Wow. I, that would have been an interesting <laughs> Total Recall, David Cronenberg. Okay. Uh, John Lithgow auditioned for the Seth Brundle role. How old was John Lithgow at that <laughs> point, though? I feel like he's looked like a like a dad, like a granddad for like the last forty years. Wow, wow, that's very specific. Yeah, how, yeah, how old would he have been? Because so I he's seventy five now. Watch him and Jeff Goldblum be like the same age. Jeff Goldblum is seven years older than younger than him. Okay. Yeah, so I don't Goldblum know. Goldblum would have been about 36. He would have been about 40-ish, 43. 
I don't think that John Lithgow would have sold me as like sexy enough as like, like no. Jeff Goldblum was, he was smooth for a scientist. Yeah. He was smooth that for in everything. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think that's wouldn't have worked for me. It, it, go, it gets worse. Uh, James Woods turned on the role of Seth Brundle. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Everything. Thank you. Universe. <laughs> it gets worse. Richard Dreyfus turned on the role. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, whoa. Dick Dreyfus. Wow. Okay. Willem Dafoe was considered for the role. I would have taken a Willem Dafoe. Now that's now you're talking. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. There's only like two people. Jeff Goldblum. I would have taken Willem Dafoe, but we we got some crazy descent into Mattis in in Spider Man. Yeah. Um. So it was Gina Davis's idea that Cronenberg have a cameo as the gynecologist. <laughs> I, I, you know what, it, this, this film made me want to learn more about Gina Davis and like her, her, her trip through Hollywood. Cause yeah, I just feel like you would have to be so on board to make a film like this Yes, at the time in her career in which she made it, you know? Yeah. This, and this was pre league of their own and everything. Right. Um, Marky, the barfly who Seth gruesomely defeats in an arm wrestling contest Poor is Marky. played by George Truvalo, a, um, a Canadian heavyweight boxer. Oh, wow. Had no that's, idea. That's the scene that traumatized me. Yeah, you know, and I was, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm pretty sure I looked like as soon as it snapped, I was like, oh, like something's going on outside. Like, I just, <laughs> oh, because you know that those types of things happen in real life, and even yeah. it, like, I'm just like, nah, man, like that's that's too far for me, too far. And I'll I'll leave this one out here. Oh, so uh, I, it's two other points I get to before we get to our favorite scenes, and mm-hmm. just name a couple of them. Several versions of a happier ending was shot, but ultimately never used. Two were filmed with Veronica has a, when Veronica has another dream of her unborn child, this time the baby with beautiful butterfly fly wings. She wakes up in both and revealed that to still be pregnant with in, in one while her pregnancy is left um, left open in the other. Uh, another two versions feature her having an unseen nightmare and comforted by Stathis, who is who in one version states that the baby is his and and the other one that it is dead. Uh, Goldblum admits that he being angry about the film Stasis ending and that he felt that Veronica ended up with Stasis undermined the tragedy of the film. Eventually, it was decided that although some by some of the filmmakers, including producer Stuart Kohnfeld, uh, liked the alternate ending, but it was more appropriate to end with Seth's uh, death instead of you know, kind of doing this happy ending thing. Right. Once the hero, the once the hero is dead, he's the Cornfell said the movie is over. Yeah. Or protagonist. Cause I don't know if Seth is a hero in this. Yeah. He's a pretty gray character. The original ending. I just want to throw, this is gross. This one, Ronnie uh, gets back together with Stasis and dreams about a human baby hatching from a cocoon. And the original ending was removed because test audiences didn't like Ronnie getting back with Stasis. So they didn't like it either. Okay. I was going to say that. What about the baby coming out of the cocoon? They're like, we're fine with that. (laughs) We don't want to see this relationship. I mean, he was a creep. He was, he's a hero at the end. Heroes. Creeps can have heroic moments, I guess. Yeah, sure. Now there are seven distinct stages of Seth's transformation. Okay. Stage one and two, subtle rash like skin discoloration that leads to facial lesions and sores with tiny hairs dotting from uh, Death Goldblum's face, in addition to a patch of uh, fly hairs growing out of the wound in his back. 
mm-hmm. stage three to four A piecemeal prosthetic covering uh, Jeff Goldblum's face and later arms, legs, and t- arms, feet, and torso. Uh, wigs with ball spots, crooked and prosthetic teeth, and beginning of stage 4A. Uh, stage 4B, deleted from the film, is a very new stage 4 where he's seen uh, only in the monkey cat scene, the scene that got cut, oh. that required Goldblum to wear a full bodysuit of latex as Brundle stopped wearing clothing at this stage. Uh, stage 5, full bodysuit and exaggerated deformities, which also required Goldblum to wear discolorate, discol- distorted uh, contact lenses, making one eye look larger than the other. 6, the final Brundlefly creature, referred to as Space Bug by the film's crew, <laughs> depicting various partial and full body cable rotted con- raw control puppets. And 7, another puppeteer representing the mortally injured Brund- <laughs> Brundlefly telepod fusion creature, initially dubbed brundle booth or oh. the brundle thing oh god yeah that that one yeah Oof. that's the gross one that's the gross one yeah yeah uh so this is the this is the thing seth uh, seth's gradual transformation into the brundle hot fly happened over four weeks and six days so we kind of had that timeline oh that helps um so basically about five weeks um, okay. in, 19, in the 1990s, Gina Davis was reportedly involved in an alternative sequel called the, uh, To the Fly um, with her then-husband, Ronnie, um, Harlan, Rennie Harlan, called Flies. And the script was said to feature a story where Veronica does not die in childbirth as in the second movie, and she gives birth mm-hmm. to twins. Oh, no. Two flies. Two flies. Four wings. Flies. Okay. I see what they're doing there. Two flies means double trouble. <laughs> double the trouble. Yeah, it's like oh, one God. of those 80s comedies. I mean... I think turtles could have found out about like using Baxter Stockman in this way. <laughs> that would have been fire. Uh, real quick, favorite scenes. Uh, if you got a couple in mind, let's uh, spin them. Well, yes. Most traumatic. Hmm. Well, I'll start with I'll start with favorite. I think it's 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 the one where um, they go to discuss what's going on with Seth and everything, bef- and, and he gets drunk. And so I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but state this just like jumps in and is like, Oh, what are you talking about? His cock? Like they, there's so many random <laughs> points in the film where like they just throw in these little, these quick lines where it's like, Whoa, like this is like a, a little burst of, of intensity there. It so was wrong. That, that scene was funny though. <laughs> yeah. Like- that one made me laugh. Cause it kind of caught me off guard. Um, Why was he in her shower? I feel like that caused a lot of questions for me when yeah. when she gets home and, and he's just in the shower and talking about the keys and everything. It wasn't my favorite because I thought that was creepy. If you did you notice the the um the ashtray in that scene? No. If you didn't go back and take a look at it when she first uh, discovered this in her apartment, it's literally the size of like a whole pizza pie. Like no <laughs> exaggeration. It is a massive ashtray. And I was like, what parties are going on here? What are you doing? <laughs> is this some kind of joke? So go back and look at that. Cause I'm a big, you know, interior set design guy. And I just thought that one was pretty, pretty interesting. And then outside of that, I think it has to be the gymnastics scene. Like what, I just feel like we were in a different movie for a little bit and mm-hmm. then we came back to it, but just like the silence and the stairs and whatnot, that, that one was, that was it. That was a keeper for me. Just the twilight, the blue, all of it. It kind of just worked. I, I have two. 
Uh, one is tra- traumatizing. One I just think it's just ridiculous. And we talked about uh, the the ridiculous one. The first one would be the arm wrestling scene. That's the most traumatizing. Um, like you yeah. know, as we touched on. Because the the guy's pig squealing is a bit much, and yeah. I'm like, oh no, 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 no! And then he just leaves, like puts his hands just, up, like I'm just out, here. out, just out. That that was good. That, I yeah. I feel like that section of it was good. And then I already mentioned, yeah, the the look he kind of gives the woman, where he's like, I'm taking the lady with me. It was like this is this is some next level acting yeah. here, you know? And um. In another just exquisite piece of uh, Gold Bloomington, uh, it would be uh, just him spazzing and shit. Like when he's when he's um, he wants to call. He's like, can I get a fucking coffee in here? He's just like losing his mind. Oh, yeah. Keith, wait, wait. Yeah. Like, wait. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, come on with my shit. That's how All I am when it comes sugar. to coffee. By the way, I know that scene. I was laughing at it because it was just like, oh man, I need to cut down how much sugar I put in this, co- how much stuff I put in my coffee. It's like this is this is a critique of me right now. I'm I'm being called out. This is a personal critique, right? Uh, so that's that's what I have. Um, I guess any final thoughts and um, in terms of like, where would you like rank this movie on a scale of one to ten? And we'll be done there. Oh man, I mean. Quick final thoughts for anyone, you know, obviously listening to this, hopefully you've seen it. If you have not watched this film, cause it's just, it's so good. There's so many technical things that are done, things that are done with the actors, the lighting of it, the sequences, the Dutch angles, like it's just a, a very well-made film, you know, nostalgia and, and my childhood aside. And I would probably rate this, probably like a nine. Like I said, I'm a yeah. huge Goldblum fan. I'm biased like this. He's probably one of my favorite actors ever. Just, I, I really like this, this, this film. And it was one of those things where I had never taken the time to appreciate it because I was so grossed out and scared of it when I was younger, when I saw it, yeah. that like sitting down and seeing it as an adult and also being in the middle of a pandemic and just like, I just feel like it hit on so many different levels. You know, it, it was, it's cliche to say, but it really was ahead of its time with the body harm and what was going on. And if they do remake this, that is a tall order. Like I would not want to be the direct, the creative team that's tasked with remaking yeah. this film. Cause it's, it's up there. What about you? I'm, I'm in a similar place. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things of, I remember, and I was like, Oh, I know where that scene's coming from. Yep. Uh, uh, and, and certain small things, like I didn't recognize the transformation at the very end with the machine. I just thought he was just mortally injured. I thought he right. was actually cut in half, to be honest with you. And then seeing, I was like, Oh shit, he's like half robot. He, he's like a silver Hawks or what have you, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, it's probably, it's probably an eight, nine for me. It's um, when I think of, uh, of Jeff Goldblum, when I think of Cronenberg, it's this movie. Um, and it's probably one of the movies I've seen probably out of the eighties. It might be between this Rocky four and Robocop. Uh, I've seen the most of those, of that era. And that's right. in a three year period too. That's like and, a Holy Trinity of films in the eighties right there, man. Those are hit Robocop. Why were we playing with Robocop toys? Like this wasn't a crazy critique on everything. Like that there movie was is a cartoon. Bizarre. <laughs> Robo, we have to discuss RoboCop at some point. <laughs> yeah, we, we will talk about it. I will keep you in mind for that one because uh, I've been watching the classic cartoon and yes. it is not good. Yeah, 
it, they just they had to get those those toys out man <laughs> marvel did it uh so yeah that's definitely definitely worth watching um and i want to thank you again for, for coming course, on this has been a man. treat thank you i mean any excuse to watch these these films i love it and like it's just to look at it with a different more critical eye like i had a blast i really did yeah so um that's that's that so uh thank you all for checking us out for isaiah winters i'm rob lee and this has been let's watch it again keep watching those movies folks